Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Hi, everyone. It was so fun last week to share with you some insights from my brand new book on the virtues. It's I, I just think this is so important for our times. I know I heard from many of you about this, and I want to continue this theme. Uh, it's from my book called The Art of Living, The Cardinal Virtues, and The Freedom to Love. And I tell you what we're going to do this week. This is exciting. We're going to do something completely different. If you've been listening to the show for a while, we're going to do something completely different today. Uh, but I think you're going to love it. I, I was preparing for this week's episode, and I was looking at the book and reading the introduction, and I thought, I, I think they need to hear this story. And, and I think they just need me to to read the story. Uh, what I, The story that I tell in the introduction of the book, it's a story about um, how the, the, the tradition of the virtues really hit me in a very profound way when I was a young professor, a young newly married guy, just a brand new dad, so really young in my life as a husband and father. And I was teaching the virtues at Benedictine College, where I was a professor, uh, just starting my career. And my encounter with St. Thomas Aquinas and his teachings on the virtues really just, it, it changed my life. Uh, it shaped the way I look at the world. I look at all my marriage, my family, all of my friendships. Uh, and and I'm so convinced that we need to go back to this tradition of the virtues um, for, for life today. There's a lot of Catholicism out there that's full of enthusiasm and a lot about, oh, you know, prayer and Jesus. And, and that's all great. Yeah, of course, that's the very center of our faith. But to really live deeply in prayer, to really follow Jesus as a disciple, we have to imitate Jesus. And that means imitating his virtues. So if I want to really grow in holiness, I want to allow Jesus to completely heal me, transform me, sanctify me, I, I need to understand something of the virtues. What are the virtues? How do they work together? Um, where am I lacking in virtue? And how do I grow in virtue? How do I develop the virtues more in my life? That's why I think this book is so important. And I want to continue this theme and share that with you today. So that's what we're going to do in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. Welcome to any new listeners joining us. Um, I'm going to ask your prayers for a group of people that I was with this last week here in Denver. It was just so wonderful, just a blessed week. Uh, we had a number of Focus missionaries in town, missionaries who serve the alumni of Focus and many parishes that Focus serves. Uh, so they were all in town for a big meeting. We had a, like a retreat, time to pray together, to share meals together. We we did Stations of the Cross at 7,000 feet. We went to the St. Mother Cabrini Shrine here in Denver where she resided for a while. And we ascended the summit that she had ascended and got to kind of walk in her footsteps and do the Stations of the Cross up there. It was just a wonderful blessed time. Had them all over at the house for a little barbecue and had a great soccer game in the backyard. Anyway, it's just a really, really joyful time with the missionaries. Um, I'm going to ask your prayers for them. Can you please pray for them as they go into the new year uh, here in, and um, pray for them in their mission? I'd greatly appreciate it. Uh, one other thing is if you're interested in getting a free excerpt of this new book that I have, Sign up for the show notes. If you if you haven't signed up for the show notes yet, they're free. All you need to do is pull out your phone and text the word all things Catholic, all one word. Text all things Catholic, all one word, to 33777. So that's all things Catholic. You text that to 33777, uh, and you'll be on the show notes. So get them in your inbox for free each week. Uh, but all those who are subscribed to the show notes are going to get in August 
uh, later in August, they're going to get a free excerpt of, of this new book and hopefully it'll bless you and help you pursue the art of living. So are you ready, friends? I, I, I just, I'm going to just jump in. I just want to, never done this before on the show. It's kind of fun, but I'm going to just read, um, I won't read the whole introduction, but I'll read a, a, a a part of it, and then I'll uh, I'll comment on it at the end. But I just want to draw you into that story. Picture me. This is, I think, oh, wow, when is this? Like maybe 19? No, no, this must be like 2000, 2001, uh, that time frame. Uh, so picture me, young professor, only married a couple years, brand new baby. Um, here we go. That's the context. Introduction. Reading this is like an examination of conscience. That's what I told my wife many years ago while preparing to teach a college-level moral theology course for the first time. I had spent the summer slowly rereading one of the most important works on virtue ever written, St. Thomas Aquinas' account of the virtues in his classic Summa Theologiae. In this in-depth, systematic treatment, Aquinas explains what virtue is, the different kinds of virtue, how they are connected, and how they are acquired, most of all, Aquinas walks one by one through the virtues themselves, explaining each with his characteristic depth and precision. It was intense reading, not just because it was hundreds of pages long, with practically every line containing a gem worthy of my fullest attention, but even more because of how it challenged me personally. It really was a kind of examination of conscience for me. On one hand, I was inspired by the high call of virtue, how beautiful the virtuous life is, and how virtue wonderfully enhances every aspect of life, friendships, marriage, family, work, community, citizenship, and the spiritual life, too. On the other hand, however, I began to realize just how much I was falling short of the standard of virtue in my own life. This was not my first dance with Aquinas on the virtues. I had read him in various classes during my graduate studies and regularly turned to him as a principal guide for forming my thought. But I was in a different place in life that summer. I was no longer a young, single, doctoral student living on my own in Rome and buried in my books, seminars, papers, and exams. I was now married, a father, a few years into my career as a professor, and pouring my life into ministry on campus. Aquinas' teaching on the virtues hit me in a new, much more personal way this time. Most particularly, I began to see more clearly the close connection between growing in the virtues and growing in friendship and community with others. Previously, I think I had a more individualistic perspective on the virtues. Prudence, fortitude, temperance, justice, these were the noble qualities each person needed to be a good Christian. But the emphasis I had in my head was on the self. One needs to grow in virtue for the sake of his own moral and spiritual progress. Acquiring virtues was almost like earning badges for the soul, marking important milestones in one's own development as a Christian. What Aquinas helped me appreciate at a deeper level that summer was how virtue was not simply something good for me. It was crucial for the most important relationships in my life. The relationships I had with my wife, children, friends, colleagues, students, and most of all, God. Those relationships were all deeply affected by how much I possessed or lacked the virtues. If I wanted to be a good husband, good father, a good friend, a good teacher, a child of God, I needed a lot more than good intentions, good values, and good desires. I needed virtue. 
As we will see throughout this book, the virtues are the basic life skills we need to give the best of ourselves to God and the people in our lives. In short, virtue gives us the freedom to love. To the extent we lack generosity, patience, courage, and self-control, we will do selfish, impatient, cowardly, and out-of-control things that will hurt other people. But the more we grow in these and other virtues, the more we will have the ability to love the people in our lives the way they deserve to be loved. And the more we will become the kind of men and women others can count on in life. It wasn't just reading Aquinas, however, that helped me grow in this understanding. I was grateful to have learned so much from conversations I had that year with several wiser, more experienced philosophers and moral theologians who illuminated this theme in the tradition for me in a powerful way. I was also thankful to revisit classical writers on the virtues, such as Plato and Aristotle, as well as contemporary thinkers such as Alistair McIntyre and Survey Pinkers. But perhaps the greatest teacher of all that helped me prepare for this renewed encounter with Aquinas on the virtues was right in my own home, marriage and family life. Indeed, marriage itself is a school of the virtues. For those of us called to this vocation, nothing, nothing will stretch us and push us to grow in virtue more than the beautiful messiness of marriage and family life. We are most particularly called to love like Christ, totally selflessly, 100%. It is the primary place where God brings to the surface our many weaknesses and shows us how selfish we really are. It's also the place where God invites us most to love like he loves, to be kind, patient, generous, and forgiving like he is. When we build a marriage and a family, we find that we are given countless opportunities to grow in virtue. It's the primary place where God wants to shape us, heal us, and help us to take on the character, the virtue of Christ. As the saying goes, you build a life and then it builds you. I sincerely wanted to love Beth and the children God entrusted to us with all my heart. In those early years, I wanted to do all I could to build a strong foundation for our marriage and family life. But reading Aquinas and the Virtues that summer helped me see that the most important work that needed to be done was not in the external things like reading good marriage books, implementing the right parenting techniques, and instilling Catholic family traditions in the home. As fine as all those were, the most important work that needed to be done was interiorly, right in my own soul. My reading of Aquinas that summer helped me see more clearly the ways my many shortcomings, certain tendencies, fears, attachments, patterns of behavior, weaknesses, vices, and sins, these were inhibiting my ability to give the best of myself to Beth and our children. I had many areas I needed to grow in. How I handled conflict, how I handled stress, how much I liked to be in control, how focused I could be on myself, how attached I was to comfort, how I was influenced by certain fears. Most of all, I began to see that these were not problems just for me and my spiritual life. They were roadblocks in the relationships with the people I wanted to love most on all the earth. But Aquinas also offered me a lot of hope and a practical path for moving forward. 
As we will see, this great saint doesn't just shed light on the many faults in our souls. He also provides a beautiful vision for the virtuous life and a roadmap for how to grow in it. And this treatment of the virtues is so inspiring. Through it, we see the beauty of an integrated human person whose intellect, will, and passions are working harmoniously together to bring about what is truly good in his own life and in the lives of the people around him. We see a human person who possesses a deep interior freedom that enables him to love. We catch a glimpse of what the ideal can look like in a Catholic home that is built on a virtuous marriage and family life. We get a picture of how good friendship and work relationships, dating, and life in community can be. Indeed, the more we are sanctified and take on the virtues of Christ, the more grace heals, perfects, and elevates our fallen human nature to participate in the divine life of Christ, the more we can experience in our small virtuous communities here on earth a foretaste of that perfect community of life and love, union with the Holy Trinity, and the communion of saints in heaven. Over the past 20 years, I've been blessed to witness firsthand how opening up the tradition of the virtues can truly transform people's lives. The vision of the virtues that great thinkers like Aristotle and Aquinas offer speaks to the deepest desires of the human heart, to love and to be loved, and to live in community with others. I've seen young adults so moved by this vision for the virtues that they completely rethink their approaches to dating relationships and what they're looking for in a future spouse. I've witnessed many college students go through major conversions through their encounters with the virtues. They come to realize the emptiness of the hedonistic culture around them and long for something more, and so they commit themselves to sobriety, chastity, better friendships, and lives of service. I've seen engaged couples shift the emphasis of their marriage preparation from communication skills, budgeting, family of origin questions, all fine in themselves, to the more foundational and more fruitful work of pursuing the virtues together. I've seen parents strive to give their children more systematic training in each of the virtues, and I've seen teachers and religious leaders inspired to redesign their classes so they can carefully pass on the vision of the virtues to their students. I'll pause there. There's more in the introduction, but that was just, just even reading it with you all right now. Just really remember I was there in Atchison, Kansas. I was teaching at Benedict College. So I, I can remember being there in Atchison, Kansas, a young professor, and I had never uh, dreamed of being a moral theology professor. My emphasis was in scripture, teaching about Mary, teaching uh, about the spiritual life, but but I, I never imagined I would teach a moral theology class. And I was asked that summer by the the dean of our our department, uh, God rest his soul, Father Dennis Mead, a Benedictine monk. And he said, all right, Ted, so I need you to teach uh, moral theology this next year. <laughs> and um, he, he was passing the class on to me. And I remember just spending that whole summer thinking, how am I going to do this? And so I went back and I reread all these texts and Aquinas was one of those texts that I had read. And it's an, it is really intense reading. And what I'm trying to do in the book is just really make it really accessible, really easy. A high school kid could read this book easily and make it really practical. Like really, uh, uh, how does this apply to my daily life in the office, in my home, in my friendships, in my community, just daily life, in my prayer life? Because that's what it did for me. Uh, I, again, I'd, I'd read Aquinas before, but that summer, just spending that time with the virtues, I remember I had this notebook and I was just like all day long, I would, I would be there all day, just pouring through Aquinas and I come home and all day the next day, just tons of reading of Aquinas, mapping out the virtues. 
began to see that that the virtues that, you know, you may hear people say, here's seven virtues for, you know, how to have a good family. Here's three virtues for how to do this. And they're just kind of randomly pulling good little insights and, and it's good and it's inspiring. It can be helpful. Aquinas shows how all the virtues are connected together. And when you understand that and and you, you can then compare it to your life, you see where you fall short and you, you, you can begin to run at it more intentionally. You, you see the larger picture of how the virtues are connected and, and, and you're able to go after them better. And that's what it did for me. But I really, I totally remember reading through those and then Aquinas does go through. Here are the things, the vices, the weaknesses that undermine virtue. And it was like one thing after another, I was like, oop, I fall short here. Oh, I fall short here. Oh, I fall short here too. And it was mostly around, not just like I lack some little character. I have a character flaw over here. It's a character flaw that, that, that's, that's impacting the people I love. It impacts the way I treat Beth, the way I, I treated Madeline and Paul, our, our, our first two children. It impacted the way I treated my mom, my siblings, my colleagues, you know, and, and my relationship with God. I, I, be, I really saw so clearly, Aquinas made it so clear, these are the areas you need to grow in. And there were a lot of them, and I'm still many, many years later, still working on them. But I am so passionate about this topic because of how much of a difference it's made from my life personally. And it really is kind of the framework. In fact, when I go to confession, every time I go to confession, uh, I tend to think about it relationally. I think about the people in my life and I think about the virtues that I need to live those relationships. I think about the vices and how I fall short. That's kind of my examination of conscious, how I think about things. So it's been such a blessing for me. I'm so thankful for Aquinas and so many good friends and, and teachers who've opened up Aquinas for me. But I'll also say this, my friends, it, it is absolutely crucial for, for our culture right now, for you. If you are, are wanting to really follow Jesus, as I said at the beginning of the show, you, you need the virtues. You can't just have a, a, a spiritual life that's divorced from growing in virtue and community. All the saints talk about that real love, real sanctity is found when you love your neighbor well, you live friendship well, you live your marriage well, you live parenting well, and you need virtue to do that. We have to imitate Christ's virtues. The, the culture has turned away, as I said in last week's show, they've turned away from this great tradition of the virtues. We've lost the art of living. We need to get it back for ourselves, but our, our, our friends need it. Our parishes need it. Uh, the, the children in our schools need it. Our, our children, for those of you that are parents, they need to know the virtues. You have a, a tremendous responsibility today to know the virtues and pass them on to your kids because they're not getting that from YouTube and, and social media and Apple music. You know, they're not listening to the songs that are helping them grow in virtue. All their culture around them is undermining the virtues and presenting an alternative way of life. We have to present the art of living again. And that's what I'm drawing from in this book. Um, my book is called The Art of Living, uh, The Cardinal Virtues and the Freedom to Love. You can get it at ignatiuspress.com. That's ignatiuspress.com. You can go to my website to learn more about it, but I will send a free excerpt to anyone that's signed up for the show. Uh, just uh, text to 33777, text all things Catholic to 33777, and you can get the free excerpt later in August. We're going to send that out. So uh, get the free show notes. They come to your inbox each week. 33777, text all things Catholic there, and you can get those show notes. You can get that free excerpt. Thanks, my friends. God bless. God bless. 